church there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't no matter who you are that is the God we serve there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up oh father we thank you for your place there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down here we go with no shadow there's no shadow you won't
Jesus. What an awesome presence of the Lord in this place here tonight. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated as we prepare ourselves, as we get ready to pick up the offering here tonight. Wasn't it awesome to see our young people march in here in the very presence of God? As people are making their ways to their seat, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 9. 2 Corinthians, chapter 9. All right. Okay, they're, they're going to go ahead and they're going to play a video here real quick. All right.
Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 here, verse 7. The Bible says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly. Somebody say, not reluctantly. Or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful what? He loves a cheerful giver. Let me tell you something about offering. Every time it comes to the offering, every time it comes to picking up an offering, you have often heard people say that it seems like churches make it all about money. Well, let me go ahead and solve that problem by saying this. Yes, we do make it all about money because it is all about people. It's about souls. Now, somebody say he's going somewhere tonight. Back in 1983, this church made a financial investment all the way to the city of Chicago. And 36 years later, I am a byproduct of the investment that this church here made. Now, I remember I gave my life to the Lord at 16, so when I saw these young people up here, I can relate. And at the age of 16, when I got saved, I was a young rapper, writing my own little raps. I remember last night as I saw the rappers, you know, it was just coming out of me. You know what I mean? I just wanted to. And I got saved and wrote raps. And this church made another financial investment and flew me all the way here to the Norwalk Church in 1988 when the stage was right over there on that wall. And the entrance was over here. And in 1988, I was a young 18-year-old by that time who was just ambitious to love God with all my heart, all of my mind, and all of my soul. And why? Because this church made it about money because it was all about people. It was all about souls. So tonight, we are all going to go ahead and we're going to make it about money here tonight because we're still making it about people. And every church that will go back to their city will go with a vision and a heart and a passion to make sure that we reach as many people as we can for the kingdom of God. Amen? So why don't we go ahead and let's just stand to our feet. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pray for this offering. Look to the person next to you and say, let me get your checkbook. Say, I'm about to write a check by faith. Say, I'm going to exercise my faith right here, right now. Now, there are several ways that you can give. You can either give by check. Envelopes are available. Or, somebody say, or we can do it online. In fact, or, somebody say, or we can even text to give. So tell somebody, let me get your phone. Let me get your cell phone. Amen. I'm about to text an offering. Take your offering in hand. Lift it up to the Lord. Bow your heads. Say, Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do. 
here in this place, we take what belongs to you already, and we honor you with it. We sow a seed, and we sow it by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, all the way from the Norwalk Church, Jesus Worshippers is in the house. How's everybody doing today? I want everybody who has Jesus in their heart to go ahead and put your hand in the air like this. And if you really have Jesus in your heart, I want you to put both hands in the air because he deserves our all. Here's a little spoken word for all of you who like a little bit of poetry. Giving up was never an option. But these emotions and feelings got me wanting to stop dead in my tracks instead of advancing and living in panic. But I defuse satanic attacks with prayer and fasting backed with action. See, I refuse to lose and move backward. Instead, I choose improvement, move forward for the Lord and Jesus worshiper for life by the strength of the Lord. Give him some praise. Get on your knees and get off the ground. Let to the great I am. I the blood of the Lamb. I plead the blood of the Lamb. I plead the blood of the Lamb. As the baptizers, ready for the war. The battle is the Lord. Victory is mine and yours. As the baptizers, ready for the fight. Power nor by might, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. yesterday today and forever his power is the same as it was back in biblical times this part says by our stripes we are healed please sing it with us once you catch it by the stripes we are healed we are healed 
by his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed, we are healed. By his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, I am healed, come on. By his stripes, I am healed, I am healed. By his stripes, by his stripes, I am song everybody should know it's called we're not ashamed this one's for you josh snap your fingers we're not ashamed to lift the name above our name we worship you Hands raised, mouths filled with praise, eyes gaze on you who sets our hearts ablaze. We worship you, Jesus Christ. 
Worshiper, thank you, Pastor Salazar, for entrusting us with the great responsibility of being ministers of music. Thank you all for all of your support over the years. Our stuff is still on iTunes. Our stuff is still on all those different channels, so download it. Our latest song, I don't even remember the name of it, Fortitude, download it. It has that spoken word that I did at the start on it, so thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
Hi, uh, my name is Robert. I'm the, I'm the pastor of New Harvest Church in Modesto. When God spoke to me in that conference, it, it was such a powerful thought in my mind. And actually, my wife felt the same thing. So as conference was over, me and my wife began to talk about it. And she began to say, man, God's called us. You know, we're, we're, she even told me that we're going to be gone within a year. I said, what? He goes, my God. And you know what? Sure enough, a year later, we were sent into Modesto uh, to, to pastor and to pioneer work there in the city of Modesto. Also, we connected with our pastors. We, we reminded them, look, we feel God's call us. Whenever you feel we're ready, we're ready to go. We're ready to accept the challenge because we know when God speaks, God's going to do some powerful, powerful things so it's important you have your wife on board and say okay we're gonna do it together we're gonna fight together we're gonna laugh together we're gonna cry together we're gonna see it through for the kingdom of God God bless you all in 1975 Nancy and I gave our lives to the Lord and soon after we got involved in ministry different parts of ministry that required our time and we were both busy we were involved in in our own personal lives trying to achieve uh, different aspects of finances and success worldly and uh, it was that part of the world that still had a hold keeping me back from answering the true call of God uh, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to let go if I could trust God to see me through in full-time ministry so we continued on that way for seven years and finally at a conference God just really dealt with my heart and asked me do you really trust me or not and I had to come to a point in my life where I decided okay God I'm gonna trust you and this is on you and as soon as I stepped out in faith in 1982 we took our planet our first church we saw God do tremendous things and miracles the call of God came upon my life when I let go of what I wanted and stepped into what God wanted and we've never regretted it ever since there's always been a step of faith that through every aspect of my life I've had to take along with my wife together so tonight as we draw to the conclusion of this conference um, I want to challenge you if you're at a point in your life where you're struggling about trusting God or about the call of God upon your life I want to challenge you to let go and let God begin to move the way he wants to and you will experience the unstoppable love and power of God like never before God bless you and keep going for Jesus praise the Lord amen you know I want to tell you something we have such an awesome fellowship here uh, God has so blessed each and every one of us, and you know, what you see here, what's taking place all week long, is a byproduct uh, of every New Harvest Christian Fellowship Church, uh, their investment. We see the young uh, teenagers here. It's because we care about people, and it's because people are the focus of God, the heart of God. So I want to thank you on behalf of my wife, Nancy myself, uh, the Norwalk leadership and staff, uh, thank you so much uh, for your investment, your prayers, uh, your participation. Uh, there's nothing uh, like being in the will of God. And so give yourselves a great hand here tonight because you really deserve it. Thank you so much for your strength. Well, we've come to this point where we are winding down and there's some great things that are going to take place uh, when I shut up and finish my message like some of you want me to hurry up and do. And so uh, what I'm going to do is take my time just for the, at the beginning and do a little introduction. You know, we've heard so many powerful messages 
uh, every evening, the workshops, as well as uh, during the afternoon general session. And we heard about the call. We heard about uh, God moving and uh, bringing uh, the blueprint uh, and the master plan that we need to apply into our lives. And uh, we understood that God spoke to our hearts and challenged us uh, about evangelism and how important evangelism needs to continue to be at the forefront uh, of every single one of our lives. And so as we begin to implement all of these things that we've heard in our lives, uh, I'll tell you what's going to happen. We will become unstoppable for the kingdom of God. We will become unstoppable in the destiny that God has for all of us. And so I just entitled my sermon here this evening, uh, I Am Unstoppable. How about you? Have you come to that place in your life where you understand uh, that Without God, uh, without Jesus Christ, uh, we have no power in our lives, no authority, no dominion. But once we accept Jesus Christ into our lives uh, and we start living for him, I want to tell you, after 45 and a half years, uh, Nancy and I have been unstoppable, moving forward for God. And so many, many here tonight uh, in their service for God simply because they listened and applied the Word of God. What makes a person unstoppable? What makes a ministry unstoppable? Now, you'll not find the word unstoppable in the Bible. It's not there. But I'll tell you what you will find. You will find uh, plenty of scriptures and verses uh, that give us the understanding that when uh, a, a Christian, a person, man or woman, put their trust in Christ and begin to serve Jesus Christ with all of their hearts, uh, God will cause his will to be done in that life. Uh, and I'll tell you what, hell will not stop it. Uh, famine will not stop it. Persecution will not stop it. Why? Because God is at the center of our lives. That's what makes a Christian unstoppable. In Job, my text, chapter 42, and in verse 1, listen to what it says. I know you can do anything. How many know that's true? Amen. That God can do all things, anything. And he says this, no one can stop you. Yes. Nothing, no one, nobody can stop God from operating in our lives, from moving in our lives, bringing us into a place of, of destiny. If God gets involved in a person's life, in Isaiah chapter 46 and in verse 9, Scripture says, for I am God, and there is no one like me. How many know that's true? There's no one like God. I love that song that we sing, my God, my God, he's my God. There's no one like my God. How about you here tonight? And he says, there is no one like me, for I am God. My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish my good pleasure. What's that saying to me? What these two scriptures are saying to me, that when God puts his mind to it and we allow God to be involved in our lives, uh, watch out because great things are going to happen uh, in our lives. And so I want to challenge you here tonight. Your ministry that you might be an overseer in, your church 
that God has so graciously allowed us as pastors to be overseers uh, and to bring direction uh, to the people of God. If you put uh, your mind, uh, soul, heart, spirit, everything you've got to love Jesus Christ, uh, there is nothing that will stop your ministry, your church, nothing that will stop uh, the, the, the hand of God from bringing uh, blessing, growth, and prosperity into your life and into your ministry. See, because when God has a destination for us, whatever that destination might be, there's so many people here tonight and there are so many different destinations that God has prepared for us and each and every one of us. Your present circumstances, your hardships, your struggles, your, your fears, whatever it is that the enemy is throwing at you, I tell you what, it's going to be torn down by the power of God, by the will of God. Why? Because God is unstoppable. And guess that what makes us? Guess what that makes us? It makes us unstoppable also. Why? Because of God in us, Christ in us. Uh, it causes us to achieve what God has prepared. I like what God spoke to Jeremiah about. He says, I have determined what you should be. Not what I want to be, but what God wants me to be. Long before I formed you in your mother's womb, while you were still in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Think about that. We just saw a video promoting life, marching, standing for the unborn, for those who cannot speak for themselves. Why is it so critical and important uh, that we take this to heart? Simply because in every mother's womb, uh, there's a child with a destiny. There's a child that God has ordained, uh, that God has planned uh, to do something for him. Uh, and when they kill that child, they, they murder that child, they are destroying the plan of God for that uh, unborn child. So who needs to rise up? You and I need to rise up uh, and begin to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. I want to encourage you, get involved in this march uh, next January. Sign up, go out there, and let your voice be heard. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Nothing will stop uh, the power of God and the move of God when his people stand together, united, and raise their voices. Uh, they become unstoppable. People try to stop it. We went to New York, and uh, we did a march there in New York because they passed a bill this last, uh, early this last year that says uh, you can even kill a child after it's born. They will have a discussion between the mother and the doctor, or the father and the doctor, and decide after that child is born whether they want to keep it, and if not, they can kill, murder that baby right there. So we uh, um, focus on the family, prepared a march and a rally there in New York, and uh, guess what happened? The city of New York, they had it all set up, it was all prepared, all the permits were there, and it was ready to go, and just a couple of days before the march, uh, the city of New York, the mayor, came in and said, you can't use the billboards to advertise, uh, promote uh, your, your event, because they already had, you've seen Times Square, 
and you've seen all those huge billboards. And so what took place? Did it stop it? Did it shut it down? Uh Uh-uh. They rented their own billboards, put them out there in the street, and began to show live a child uh, whose heartbeat uh, is beginning. uh, They're all over Times Square in the video. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this simply because uh, what we need to do is to pursue the call of God, the purpose of God, and do not let anything stop you from participating or speaking for Jesus or raising your voice. I don't care what the school says. I don't care what the city government says. You stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You stand and be unstoppable for the kingdom of God. That's what God has called us to be. But the sad thing is that there is something that will stop us. And it's called you and me. It's called humanity. God will never violate our will. He will never violate uh, our, our desires if, if, if we resist his call or we resist uh, what his divine intervention as it wants to uh, get involved in our lives. God will never violate our will. God has a plan and a destiny for our lives. If you're born again, you love Jesus Christ, let me just say this. The devil's a liar. And what he will try to do to stop you is to bring up your past, to bring up the failures in your life, to bring out the the things that maybe didn't go all that great as you were trying to serve God or before you were even saved. But I'll tell you here, Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Praise God. And all things become new. So when the devil comes to lie about your destiny, about God's plan for your life, and he says, uh, nah, you know why? Because you did that. That's going to stop you because these people are saying that. That's going to stop you. Let me tell you, you rise up and say, uh-uh, I am in Jesus Christ. I am unstoppable. Nothing is going to stop me from doing the will of God. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So let me wind this down. Let me head towards a conclusion. I wanted to speak before I got into, okay, it's three points. (laughs) It's three brief thoughts. That's that's what they are. We can do this. What makes a Christian unstoppable? Now faith. Now faith. Now faith. We heard about faith. Pastor Nacho preached an excellent sermon on faith. Now faith. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is what? The assurance or the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Why is now faith so important in a Christian's life that will cause them to be unstoppable? Well, because now faith, listen to me, is not for the future. It's not for the past. But now faith is right now. I'm believing God right now for my circumstance, right now for my situation, right now. 
for my marriage right now, for my children right now, for my healing right now, for my, my finances, whatever it might be, now faith is for right now. Now faith will cause you to be unstoppable when the enemy comes to lie about your future, about your past. Now faith. The story of Lazarus. We see four different types of faith operating. Number one, there was yesterday faith. We know the story of Lazarus. They came to Jesus. He was ministering and come. Lazarus is sick. You know, we love him. I know you love him. So come and pray for him so he can be healed. In verse 21, in John chapter 11, Lord, if you, we're, we're, we're talking about yesterday faith. If you would only have been here, my brother would not have died. God, you're too late. That's not now faith operating. Sometimes we are like that. We're back in yesteryear. We are living our lives back in last, last conference or last meeting or last year. And simply we, when we do that, the enemy lies to us about what's going on in our life right now and said, well, you know what? It didn't work. The prayer didn't work. Uh, we weren't able to experience what we've been praying about. So I guess, you know what? God's too late. It's not going to come through. You're too late. Maybe you worked in the last generation. You worked in a generation before mine, but I don't know about if you can do it for me. I think about Gideon. We know about Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with me, then why has all this happened to me? And where are all his miracles, which our forefathers or the generation before us told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, given us into the hand of the Midianites. What's he talking about? He's talking about yesterday's faith. The generation before us, they might have faith, and they experienced your miracles, but now here we are, and we are in bondage. Yesterday faith is not going to help you. Gideon had to be touched by the power of God, had to stand and believe God as Jesus or God spoke to him and called him a, a warrior and that he would be successful. He then began to operate in now faith. Then there's tomorrow faith, manana. We are all good, good when it comes to manana. Verse 24. We're still looking at Lazarus' life, the circumstance of those around him that loved him. I know that he will rise again as Jesus is speaking to them as, and talking to them, and it's going to be okay. I'm here now. And he said, yeah, I know. He'll, he'll live again, but he will live again in the resurrection on the last day. So now what they're doing is saying, well, okay, it's too tough now, maybe tomorrow. God will come through. Maybe tomorrow God will, meet, God will meet my need. Too many times we live in yesterday's faith. What happened last week or last year? Or we live in the generation that says, well, you know what? You did it for them, but I'm not sure you can do it for me. Or tomorrow, you know what? Maybe I'll believe God tomorrow, but right now things look too difficult and too tough. Verse 25. 
And then we see limited faith operating here as Jesus is speaking to them. He says, we're going to believe him to live. And what do they say? Lord, he's already been dead four days. He stinks. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. Limited faith. Jesus told him, look, it's going to be okay. We're going to, he's going to live. But what happens is they start to limit God. Why? Because he says, you know what? Roll the stone away. And they look, and they put limitations on the expectations of God. How often do we limit God? We have a desire, a need in our lives, in our situation, in our circumstance. And what stops us from experiencing the miracle of God is that our faith is limited. The Bible says, without faith is it impossible to please him. Now faith, today faith. Did I not say, Jesus said, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Now, I like this because now faith, right now faith, I believe you, God, right now for this miracle in my life, for meeting my need right now, you get to see the glory of God. You get to see the glory of God take place because when they acted upon Jesus' word, they rolled back that stone and the miracle took place. God was glorified. That's now faith in operation. So your faith here this evening, don't have yesterday's faith or operate by tomorrow's faith or even limited faith, but everything you get involved in, everything you're doing for God, every situation you find yourself in, uh, what you need to do is come to a place in your thinking where you say, God, today, I believe you. Ahora mismo, right now, I know you're going to get involved and meet my need. I believe you today. Today, faith. Today, faith. That's what makes a Christian unstoppable. And then focus. Pastor Phil preached a tremendous message on focus. We had to hold him down. Couldn't hold him down. He was, he was preaching up a storm this afternoon. There was a power and anointing of God there because focus is so, so important. Faith, focus. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily ties us up or trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Faith's focus has to be always on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single day, every single hour, our focus needs to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is focus so important? Well, think about it. If you're dicing up some vegetables with a knife and all of a sudden you decide to look the other way, you know what? There I go. Well, I don't know what happened to it, but it's gone. You have problems. You run into trouble. Think about that. How about if you're hammering a nail and there you are working and somebody calls you and you're going to just pow. Right, Pastor Danny? Yep. And you say, thank you, Jesus, right? You say, praise the Lord, right? 
When you lose focus, terrible things happen, dangerous things happen. How about when most of you are texting while you're driving? Right? You're supposed to be focusing on the road, looking where you're going, but all of a sudden, you beep, beep, you know, what's that? That's why focus is so important. Proverbs says, if you chase two rabbits, both will escape. Isn't that true? So you got to focus on one thing. This one thing I do, the Apostle Paul said, I forget about what was backwards. I forget about what happened yesterday and last week. And I set my goal, my focus on the goal that Christ has set before me. Focus. Faith. Focus is critical and necessary if we're going to be unstoppable for the kingdom of God. In a world of distractions, interruptions, options, demands, Jesus, focus, Jesus, focus is crucial for us to be unstoppable. The obvious story of the disciples in the Sea of Galilee, as they're in a storm and they're worried and they're scared and the storm is rising up and all of a sudden off in the distance they see something or someone walking on the water or coming up to their boat and they, they cry, it's a ghost! And here comes Jesus and he looks and he calls Peter. Why is he called Peter? Because he wants to use Peter. He wants to use the disciples, but he wants Peter to have a deeper relationship with him of trust and faith. And so he says, Peter, come on, get out. And Peter looks at Jesus. And Peter steps out, and we know the story of the boat, out of the boat. And he's looking at Jesus, but as soon as he starts to look at the storms around him, he begins to sink and go down. Why? Because he took his focus off of Jesus. But see, I like this part. I like this part because what happens as Peter begins to sink, Jesus, the Bible says, reaches out for him. And I thought about that, and it's like, you know, some of us, see, I told you to keep your eyes on me. You deserve to drown. <laughs> you, you deserve what? You should have kept your eyes. <laughs> right? Or he didn't just, you know, okay, I'll just let you suffer a little bit. You know, because you took your eyes off of me, you didn't do what I said. No, immediately, the Bible says, immediately reached out and he pulled him up into safety. That's the, that's the God that we serve. Isn't he a gracious God that he loves us, he cares about us, even when our focus is off? And he says, take courage. Don't fear because it is I. I am here for you right now. Why did you doubt? He asks. Oh, you have little faith. Faith, focus is so critical at every turn in our life. When you're going through troubles, you're going through struggles in your life, whether it's personally, ministry, whatever the case might be, don't look at, at what's going on around you. Don't listen to what's going on around you. Don't get involved with all the junk that's out there. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and I guarantee you, Jesus uh, will bring you out of that storm. When you're going through whatever it is, a uh, storm you're feeling, Jesus will bring you into uh, the blessing. Then I'm closing with faith's 
fight. Now faith, faith focus, and faith's fight. We're in a fight. We're in a spiritual battle. We know that. We're involved in spiritual warfare. Paul writes to Timothy and says in chapter 6, verse 11, but flee from these things, O man of God. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of eternal life. He says spiritual warfare, we're in a good fight. A good fight. Now some of you are looking at it going, "Ah, I don't think it's a good fight. It is a good fight. You know why? Because we got God on our side. I have Jesus. If God be for me, then who's going to be against me? It is a good, good, good fight. A good fight. Spiritual warfare. Wage good warfare holding on to your faith. So maybe tonight your marriage is under attack. Maybe your children are under attack. Maybe your finances are under attack. Maybe your health is under attack. Maybe your ministry is under attack. Uh, Whatever the case might be, what you need to do uh, is to stand up, uh, keep your eyes on Jesus because he has already fought the battle and won for us. Uh, We are more than conquerors uh, through Jesus Christ. And listen, if you're single here tonight and you're battling for purity, keep your eyes on Jesus and off the young lady or the young man. Because all that's going to do is get you in trouble. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus uh, and spiritually do battle against the flesh. And God will be there to see you through. Ephesians chapter 6. That's okay. I don't need it. Verse 12. Because I know somebody was going to jump up and get it. It's okay. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against principalities and authorities against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Spiritual warfare. You all know about that. Thank you so much, Alex. Love the way you sang last night. You did a good job. Good job. Group. They know about spiritual warfare. Anytime you're in ministry, you got spiritual warfare. No matter what, you're serving Jesus, you have spiritual warfare. So here's the reality. Whether it's your home, your work, your school, wherever you're at, turn to God. Fight the good fight. Be unstoppable for the kingdom of God.
like for us to bow our heads for a few moments right where we're at tonight. Tonight, all this week, God has been speaking to lives. The Holy Spirit preparing for destiny, for miracles, for healing, for families, for marriages, for children. You name it. God wants the best for us. Maybe you're here tonight, you're not serving the Lord. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Here's your opportunity to receive a miracle from God. God loves you. What has been stopping you? What has been holding you back from experiencing peace, from experiencing help? That can be broken here tonight. The chains can be broken. The fear can be removed. The walls can be kicked down. But all you need to do is ask Jesus for help. Peter cried out, started to sink. Jesus extended his hand and pulled him out of that sinking sea. That can happen for you here tonight if you're a backslider. You know what you need to do. You know the drill. You understand. So tonight, if that's you, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to step out. I want you to come. Stand out from the crowd. Stand out from following the, 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 the wrong path of life. Why don't you stand out and come and let Jesus give you a new life, give you help, give you healing, bless you here, remove all the obstacles. Come on, stand out from the balcony here on the main floor. Jesus loves you. He wants to heal you. He wants to help you. Don't stop. Don't let anything hold you back. Be unstoppable here tonight for Jesus. Uh, be unstoppable here tonight and let God get involved in your life tonight. Give God praise. Give God glory here tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Come on. If God is dealing with you, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Stand out. Come. Be a part of, of what God wants to do. Let him have his way in your life. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated tonight. Praise God. We've had a tremendous conference Thank you, team, so much. Uh, great, great, great job bringing the message across. They always work really hard, always really hard. Tonight, we want to uh, make some announcements uh, here tonight. So it's exciting. We're always, we're always encouraged when we're able to, to step into new destiny and new transitions. And so uh, I'd like to uh, go ahead and... Uh, uh, let me see, where do I begin? Praise God. That's okay. Um, what we're going to be doing uh, is we're going to uh, be making a redirection in one of our churches. And uh, in that church is going to be the Montebello Church. Uh, we're going to be redirecting uh, Pastor Clem and Sister Maria back into the Norwalk Church with their family. And uh, Peter and Mia... Morales will now be the new pastors in that church. Where are you folks? Peter and Mia.
Praise God. They just came back from YouthCon 5 and you made a quick train change. So they've been there all week. Praise God. Uh, also, uh, what we're going to be doing uh, that uh, impacts our, our church here uh, in uh, Norwalk uh, is that we are going to be taking on a new staff here in Norwalk who will be working directly uh, with uh, myself, Pastor Sergio, working with Pastor Danny uh, out of Monterey Park, California, Pastor Ruben and uh, Rose Sandoval. Praise God. We're excited. We're moving forward. Things are developing and uh, taking on their, their course that God wants to bring in our ministry. And so we are so excited. We appreciate Pastor Ruben and uh, Sister Rose. And what's going to take place as, as we've uh, prayed and spoken with them about uh, what uh, we're going to do with Monterey Park, uh, what we are doing is going to bring Monterey Park into the Norwalk congregation. They will now be a part of what we're doing here in Norwalk. And those who are involved in ministry uh, will continue to function in ministry. You're faithful, you're laboring. Nothing's going to change. You can come into Norwalk and allow God to use your gifting and your life. And so we so appreciate you there in Monterey Park. Thank you so much. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask our, our leadership pastors if they would make their way up. And uh, we, could, we could pray for these couples here this evening. We are so, so excited about uh, new things that God is doing. Pastor Danny, would you come and, and help us out? Yes. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Why don't you guys come and kind of tighten up a little bit here. Praise the Lord. Would you all stretch your hands and help us pray here this evening? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, right now, I pray for Peter and Mia. Anointing, strength, covering upon them, dear God. Wisdom, insight, and guidance. Revelation from above, Father. For now, the new destination in their life that you bring to them, Father God. Unity, strength to accomplish what you have for them and that congregation. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray right now for Pastor Reuben and Sister Rose. Lord, as they have stepped into their new destiny, Father, I pray that you utilize their giftings. Father, prepare them and those they will begin to lead. And Lord, that you bring a supernatural anointing Father, a new dimension upon their lives for your honor and for your glory, that your name would be exalted above all names in heaven and earth in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you glory and we give you praise. Hallelujah.
praise the Lord. We're going to pray for our pastor today and for all the things that God is doing in his life. Praise God. What we're going to do as you stand, we're going to be